0: Important. I had a conversation with someone who was a worship leader, and uh, he he really just highlighted to me again the importance of ministering to the Lord. Uh, Often, I think it was actually described as uh, when uh, when David was uh, kind of uh, reinstalling a bunch of uh, traditions and worship protocols in David's uh, tent, David's tabernacle? Yeah. Yeah, and he and he and he talked about just the he 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 made it so important to minister before the Lord. He hired people just to minister before the Lord. It, was it for anyone else? No, it was it was actually just for the Lord. And so it, let's, it's so important that we take moments just to minister to the Lord and love Him back, love Him back. If uh, first of all, my name is Tim. Hi, hey, hey. How's it going? Uh, if you're new here, you may have noticed uh, we are redecorating in selective areas. <laughs> Woo! Uh, we're always improving. Uh, we had a bit of a flood at Christmas time, and uh, you know what? The carpet we want is just so special that uh, it, it's just taking so long to get here. But it will be here. It will be beautiful, and the church will not split over it. We, we sorted out, huh? uh, we forgave each other, we reaffirmed our love to each other, and uh, decided on a carpet color. All good, all good. You know, because we serve a God that's alive and he changes hearts. And... It's all good, it's all good. All right. I'm going to read, let's read the passage first. I'm going to read from John 21, chapter 21, 15 to 22. I was so proud of the video, the little story I posted on Instagram because I got like my Bible in front of my two computer screens with a rock and 4K fireplace on one and wicked wallpaper on the other. And then I have yeah, you know, I was just promoted. I hope you read, if you saw it, I hope you read the scripture before you got here today. Uh, all that to say I'm back on Instagram. What? I'm using it as a tool. And that's it. It is a tool to to accomplish things with, not to sit there and, you know, I just, I'm very careful, very careful, try not to waste my time. All right, here we go. John 21, verses 15 to 22. Here's what it says. When they had finished breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, feed my lambs. He said to him a second time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? And he said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, tend my sheep. He said to him a third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? And Peter was grieved. If you don't know it, uh, when he says Simon, he's actually referring to Peter, and he's referring to Peter's old name before Jesus gave him a new one. Kind of interesting here. So don't get confused. There's not three people in the conversation. Simon and Peter are the same person, okay? Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was grieved because he said to him the third time, do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. And Jesus said to him, feed my sheep. Truly, truly, I say to you, when you were young, you used to dress yourself and walk wherever you wanted. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands, and another will dress you and carry you where you do not want to go. This he said to show by what kind of death he was to glorify God. And after saying this, he said to him, follow me. Peter turned and saw the disciple whom Jesus loved following them, the one who had also leaned back against him during the supper, and had said, Lord, who is it that's going to betray you? When Peter saw him, he said to Jesus, well, what about this man? Jesus said to him, If it is my will that he remain until I come, what is that to you? You follow me. You follow me. Lord, bless the reading of your word. We put our faith in you and in your word, which stands alone above all else. We put our faith in what you say, and we humble ourselves to receive it and to honor it and to embrace it. In the name of Jesus, amen. The Word of God can challenge and heal, and sometimes it can do both at the same time. And this is what we're going to read a little bit about today. Now, after admitting that I've, I've put Instagram back on my phone, um, I, need to, I need to talk about my journey with video games. Um, I am 37 days clean When do I get my coin? <laughs> I don't know, tomorrow. <laughs> Is there a 38-day coin? Please, let there be. Uh, from Battlefront 2 it's a Star Wars video game, first-person shooter on the Xbox, which we purchased when COVID started. We thought that was a good investment between one of my daughters and myself. Let's put the cost. And uh, man, I love playing it. If, uh, if you play on the Xbox, have you've ever been killed by John McClane 71, that was me. I hope you learned something. <laughs> hope you're a better person for it. <laughs> uh, I'm competent. I, 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 there's a lot of people better than me, but I'm competent at playing that game. Competent at playing that game. And, uh, and uh, I was, there's a lot of games I'm not competent at. When I was growing up, I would, uh, I would go to the arcades. We had arcades when I was in high school. And I would... Uh, I would only play particular games, because there were some games that had, like, the joystick. And these are industrial-built <laughs> games. Like, the joystick was solid steel. You could, you could slam it yeah. with a 50-pound weight, and it wouldn't buckle. And some of them, they had joysticks. It was all stand-up machines. You would stand there. And you had about—I didn't like the ones that had six buttons. There were certain, you know, fighting games. There was, you know, Mortal Kombat. There was a Street Fighter. And a lot of them had like a joystick, cool. One button, okay. Six, nope. I didn't like them because you had to rely on combos. You had to rely on combos to, to fight your opponent. You had to like one, two, bop, 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 bop. And if you did this certain like, combo, your character would jump up, spin kick, take the head, spine, <laughs> finishing move. And those are bad, those are bad games. It was the 80s, so, you know, blame it on the 80s. Um, And I didn't like those games because I couldn't, I didn't want to memorize, there was too much action going on, I didn't want to memorize the combos, it was too much, so I would would button mash. I was a button masher. (laughs) Oh, there's some button mashers in the room. All right, the nerds, the gamer, okay. All right, thank you. You would button mash. So you're up against a a competent, sometimes there was two joysticks at the game, someone over here, you're fighting them, and they know what they're doing, and I'm just like (laughs) rolling your elbow over the buttons and trying to make something happen, and it just, it didn't work. I was a button masher at those games, and I didn't play them for very long. Um, Enough about video games, Tim. It's too much, too much. Um, The context of John 21. What are you talking about that for, Tim? Here, Peter, at the beginning of John chapter 21, the final chapter of the gospel of John, you see Peter, uh, he does not know really what to do at this point. He's kind of, you, you know, Jesus, uh, is, it, it seems like there's a chapter over, in, and the, the, the story of Jesus kind of, he doesn't know what to do with it, like, he's resurrected, like, I mean, Okay, uh, I'm alone now. Uh, and Peter just kind of starts to button mash life. He's, he's like, what do I do? I'm going you know, to go fishing. I'm going to go back to what I know to do. He may have even gone fishing while he was with Jesus. But I don't know what to do. Uh, I'm not sure what's next. I'm just going to uh, kind of button mash my way this next season, because I don't really know what's happening. And even though he's not quite sure of what's going on, and he's kind of just mashing his way through what's next, he he takes the boat out, some people go with him, and it's so funny, it's a bit of a rerun for his first time he met Jesus. Um, He's in a boat again, again, he's not catching any fish, and someone, a, a figure sees him on the beach. And says, why don't you cast your net on the other side? And he's like, I've heard that. I've heard that voice before. I've heard that phrase before. What? What? And they do it. And miraculous catch of fish. And he jumps out of the boat, runs to the shore. And this is where the conversation picks up in 2115. Um, And he's not only been kind of button mashing and faking his way up to this moment, uh, but he's been carrying guilt, heavy loads of guilt. Um, he was so confident the last time he had a conversation with Jesus, uh, the night that Jesus was betrayed, and he said to Jesus, even if everyone else abandons you, I will not. I will not leave you. And Jesus said, <laughs> You're going to deny me three times, Peter. You don't even understand yourself. And, and the enemy wants to sift you like wheat. But you know what? I'm going to be praying for you. And while we have a, a bit of a, a, a warped view of who we are, and we act on it because we don't know anything else to do except act on how we understand ourselves to be, we are completely understood by Jesus. And he is completely, it says even now, he is interceding for us. There's a description of Jesus there as an intercessor. He prays for us even now as we have warped views of ourselves what's strong and what's weak. And he knows us exactly and he lifts us up and he is fighting for us even now. And this is the Jesus that meets Peter on the beach. And there's, there's just a... There's a little pattern here I noticed in the conversation. And the more I noticed it in the conversation, the more I saw it over the entire life of Peter. And the more I see it over the life of Peter, I see it over the life of myself and the people around me. And my encouragement to you today as we look on the theme of testifying is the idea of follow Jesus. When Jesus says, follow me, the most profound thing we can do is to follow him. And I was a little uh, concerned about preaching on this today because I'm like, and what else? And uh, no, just say, follow me. I was like, okay, that's, uh, I hope I can make a whole 30, 30 minutes out of follow me. Um, it's been a great day. Have a, have a good supper. Uh, it, it, but here's, here's the pattern that I saw in in Jesus calling us to follow him. And it's a pattern, it's a spiral, it's an upward spiral as he calls us to follow him. Peter was asked to follow, heard that word, that phrase, follow me from Jesus at the beginning of Jesus' ministry in their first encounter. Jesus says, follow me, Peter. I will make you fishers of men. Uh, at that point, he was, he was so humbled by the miracle, the first miracle of Jesus telling him to cast his net on the other side. They actually said, go away from me. I'm, I'm a sinful man. He was so convicted by this holy man who was in the boat with him, talking to him. And he felt so unworthy and, and sinful. His, his, his heart was exposed. He just felt, he just felt just naked before Christ. And he says, go away from me. I'm a sinful man. And Jesus says, I'm going to make you, follow me, I'm going to make you a fisher of men. He's like, okay. The most profound thing that we can do is to follow Jesus at any season of our life. And Jesus called so many people to follow him. And he called them to follow him before they even understood what was happening. He, He called people to follow him who... Didn't necessarily even believe in him yet. But he said, follow me. And these are the people that shook the world when they said yes to that. And we can be people that shake the world. We can be people that shake the world's first that we belong to. The places and the people that God has called us to. As we say, yes, I will follow you. We can be people that first of all are confident in the love of God for ourselves. Here's the difference between Peter in the boat early on and Peter, Peter in the boat sequel two in the second one. He's asked three questions here. He's asked, Do you love me? Do you love me? Uh it's so funny because I'm very much more concerned with telling people and helping people understand that they are loved. That make no doubt about it that God's lo- God loves you. And I, I want to make that clear today. But there's a challenge that he's putting out here. The question isn't, you know, do you know I love you? The question is, from Jesus, do you love me? And... Peter was in such a place that he could hear that question. And he was, he was like a moth to the flame. He was drawn to Christ. He jumped out of a boat, ran to the beach, and spent time with him. And, and it was not out of There was no shame. There was no doubt. Everything that Jesus said was, was a restoration. And he took it as that. He took it like, I know the, I know the big context. I know Jesus loves me. And, so, and Jesus asked this question after that. Do you love me? Do you love me? He was asked this question three times. Uh, Teachers would say that he was asked three times because Peter denied Christ three times before the rooster crowed. And there was this, there's this verbal affirmation of, of, you know, I, I said no three times to you. I denied that I knew you. I, I, when, when a little servant girl pressed me on the issue, I cursed and swore at her that I did not know you. And then I heard the rooster crow. And Jesus is saying, I, I know your heart. Do you love me? Say it. Say it so we both know. Say it so you both know. I love you. And he says, feed my sheep. feed my lambs. He says it again. Do you love me? And he says, you know I love you. Jesus says, tend my sheep. Simon said, do you love me? Peter was grieved because he said this a third time. Do you love me? He said to him, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. And here's part of this upward spiral. Is, Is my love, yes, Lord, I love you. My love, such as it is, I love you. Stumbling forward. I love you with a love that is less than perfect. Nothing compared to the love you have for me. Yes, what I have, I give to you. I love you. I love you. And it's so amazing that, that the very center, the person at the center of the universe is sitting down with each one of us and he's looking us in the eye and he's concerned with that. The one that needs no one, the one that needs nothing, wants you. What does he want? He wants nearness with you. He wants back and forth with us, with you and I. And there's a question that he is asking. Do you love me? And my only response is, yeah. And sometimes I'm just deeply, I'm just deeply aware of of, of how flawed that love is for him. How fickle it is. How uh, forgetful I am during the day as I'm busy. That I'm you know, even a son of God. and That God is in the room with me. And that he's with me. The, the, thing that, the thing that people wish so deeply for in the Old Testament. Oh, that God would be near. And I had to go to his temple. I had to go to his place. And, and he's with me now. That we are the temple of the Holy Spirit. That he dwells in us. That all who call on Christ are filled uh, with, receive Christ into their lives. This is a big deal for us. Christ does not lead our love, but he asks for it. And he asks us to draw close to him. Here's the characteristics. And I call these increasing characteristics. Characteristics that grow. Here Here are three characteristics or two characteristics of someone that loves. First of all, that person follows. That person serves others. And that person loves with their whole life. He takes our love and he makes it more. And the precursor, this first two-thirds of the conversation that Jesus has here, is reliant on his final command to Peter, to follow me the first two things that he talks about to Peter are reliant on the final phrase, follow me. The first is, do you love me? The second thing, I'll just say that, first of all, loving me, when Jesus says, loving me is a good place to start, I can help you with that. This is Take a moment, just look at John. The book of John that this is written in has a bit of a a pattern to it. And if you read through any of the Gospels, actually through any of the the books, particularly the New Testament, you'll find that there's themes that are brought out as, as the Holy Spirit interacts with the writer. And in John, you have a real theme of dependence. You have a real theme of Jesus being dependent on his heavenly father. You see in John 4, verse 34, he says, Jesus says, my food is to do the will of him who sent me. In John 5, verses 19 and 20, it says, the son can do nothing but only what he sees the father doing. There's a reliance there. In 5.30, it says, I can do nothing on my own. And this is, this is Jesus, who is fully God and fully man, reliant upon his heavenly father, modeling to us the reliance that we have on him. This is who we are. We change people's lives when we follow Jesus. We serve people to a greater and greater ability and empowerment as we follow Jesus. Check out just the progression here. You You have Peter who is is fresh off um, pain in his life, the pain of betrayal, how he's he's betrayed Christ. And he's commissioned by Jesus. First of all, by asking him, first of all, do you love me? Peter's like, such as it is, I love you. With what I have, I love you. And Jesus says, here's what you're going to do when you love me. You're going to feed my sheep. You want to tend my lambs. You want to care for the people around you. You're going to watch out for them. You're going to fight for them. And there are there are particular responsibilities that are highlighted by friends that I walk with in terms of asking, what are the responsibilities that we carry towards those around us? Um, and we can't afford to have a poverty mentality in regard to the communities that we belong to, in regards to the friendships that we have, we always have something that we can give. Such as I have, I give to these people. As frail as it might look, um, I give as best as I can. I follow Christ into my relationships so I can give to them. And this is a challenge to us. What is it that you and I are responsible for to the people around us is a question worth asking. You can pray for them. You can be honest with them. You can give them freedom to change and to grow. You can speak life into them. You can be encouraging. Is this what we do? Is this what we do? As you're faithful in these little things, you can be trusted with more. You can be trusted with more. And there's an increasing um, empowerment as we follow Christ into our relationships. Where Jesus took this, after he talks about feeding and tending, caring for sheep, caring for those around us, Jesus talks about the ultimate end of Peter's life regarding that. Here's Here's what happens to people that care and tend and fight for the people around them, and follow to a greater and greater degree. Truly, truly, in verse 18, he says, Truly, truly, I say to you, when you were young, you used to dress yourself and walk wherever you wanted. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands, and another will dress you and carry you where you do not want to go. This he said to show by what kind of death he was to glorify God. And after he had said to them these things, he said, follow me. Peter went on to do some amazing things as he followed Christ. He went on to wait when Jesus said to wait. Jesus said, you're going to go wait in Jerusalem until the Holy Spirit falls on you with with power and fire. You need to go up and speak. Peter was the most courageous person in the early book of Acts. He was obedient. He went on with his wife, to be martyred in Rome. Tradition says that he was crucified upside down in Rome and his wife was martyred with him. This is the person who at the beginning was ashamed to be confronted by Jesus, was uh, fooled by his own bravado and false courage and fell apart at the, at the, when, the, when the rooster crowed. But he, But he paid serious attention when Jesus said, follow me. And this is what I'm calling us to. I'm calling myself to this. Will we follow Jesus? Will we say yes in an increasing, increasing manner to say yes to following Jesus? What does that look like, Tim? That sounds so general, so vague. Well, it's, it, it, Jesus could sometimes be a little vague. Jesus broke a lot of traditions, and he called people to love. He called people to intimacy. And this is something, again, I've sort of touched on this before, but as a pastor, I have to be very careful when I tell people what to do. Uh, Because my first job is to point people to Christ. I point people to him. If I have have any role in their relationship, it's it's in making sure that they are Aligned and aimed at Jesus. And then the question is, what will you do with that? What will you do with that? And we have, man, oh man, I don't even want to get into this. We we have so many, uh, uh, there are so many great intentions and so many things happening in the world. And the question is often leveled at me. It's been leveled at me ever since I was a youth pastor. uh, Years ago, years and years and years ago is like, what are you going to do about this? What are you going to do about this thing? What are you going to do about that? What are you going to do about my kid? What are you going to do about this situation in society? And uh, we are not the first line of defense. Uh, We are the last. We commission people. We send them into society. This is is a, a rally point. From this place, we go into our relationships, we go into our work, we go into the messy situations that we're a part of, and we follow Christ into them. We follow Christ into them. We are the ministry. Acts chapter, no, Ephesians chapter 3, we prepare people for works of ministry. And everyone here has a work of ministry. Everyone here goes into their places of employment, goes into their places of unemployment, goes into their good and bad family situations into their many friends or few friends and they follow Christ into them but what is my specific role in these things Tim what is the specific will of God for me I have no clue I have no flipping clue but here's what I do know I know the general will of God do you love God Will you feed his sheep? Who is the sheep around you? Who is that who is you are able to tend, who are able to care for, who are able to speak life to? That is God's will for your life. Your job is to love them. It's so crazy that the command, the, the golden rule is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, and mind, soul and strength, and to love your neighbor as yourself. Uh, where is the command to be loved? Where is, uh, where is that? Hey, if you follow Christ, if you will love the people around you, you are going to increasingly know the will of God for your life. You're going from general to specific knowledge of what you are supposed to be doing. Where did this play out for Peter? Acts chapter 3, beautiful example. Acts chapter 3. He's followed Jesus to the best of his knowledge. And man, dang. Sometimes there is just, you follow as best you can, and sometimes it's like, what the heck just happened? Well, I thought I was. Um, and we kind, of, we kind of, sometimes it's kind of stumble forward in knowing God's will for a life. And so when we, when we stumble forward in what we think is this specific, we pull back to his general. We love people. We care and tend for those around us. And then things happen. Opportunities open up themselves where someone, a man or woman, who is willing to do the general will of God falls into a situation and they they know what to do. And you are God's man or woman in the right time and place to usher in the kingdom of God to people that desperately need it. I will follow the general understanding to love people and follow Christ Until I drop into, the the peg that you are in our shaped falls into the hole that fits. And we do things that only we could do. Here's Peter. Acts chapter 3. Peter and John were going up to the temple at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour. And a man lame from birth was being carried, whom they laid daily at the gate. People laid this person daily at the gate of the temple. This is called the beautiful gate, to ask alms of those entering the temple. And seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, he asked to receive alms. He asked to receive a few bucks. And Peter directed his gaze at him, as did John, and said, look at us. And he fixed his attention on them, expecting to receive something from them. But Peter said, I have no silver or gold, but what I do have I give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, you rise up and walk. And he took him by the hand and raised him up, and immediately his feet and ankles were made strong. Leaping up, he began to walk, praising God. You may feel like you are a peg with no hole to fit in. Can I please encourage you to do what you know to do? To love. First of all, love God with all your heart, your mind, your soul, and your strength to care for those around you. Follow Jesus with all the heart that you have today and see what happens. See where the peg that you and I are finds that hole and slips into it and brings the love of God to the people around you, the love and the power of God. People will discover the love of God through your love of God. They will discover that. They will be shocked by it. And there are moments that only you can do. And if you're wondering about your purpose in life, if you're wondering about direction, I will, I will give it to you. <laughs> Follow me Jesus says follow me Jesus says and then be ready if your christianity is boring you may need to ask yourself am i loving god such as it is am i caring for the people he has given me and am i prepared or am i saying yes right now to following him are you saying yes to following are we saying yes to following him? You will find your place. And as you do this, it will increase in your life. The will become more specific. You become more resilient. You become more confident in the love of God for yourself. You will grow in the love of God. And this is what I want to pray for us right now. I'm wrapping it up. I am two minutes under. Look at this. Let's just take a moment right now. Let's just stand up for a second. Jesus. I just want to pray for us. Thank you, Talitha, for the keys. It's awesome. I want us to um, just say yes. You know, If if you're saying yes, you can just stick out your hands, you can close your eyes. Within your heart, just say, Jesus, as best as I know, I love you. Thank you for the world you've put me in. Help me serve and love those around me. Jesus, I follow you. Now, Father, over this whole congregation, over this whole community that we are part of, Lord God, we thank you for your power and your love. We thank you that you pursue us, that you're looking us in the eye today. And you're having this conversation with us. You're, you're looking at us eye to eye, each as an individual you are showing us your love by pursuing us and wanting us to go in a back and forth relationship with you, to have a conversation with you. We pray that people would be refreshed and relieved. Those who came here weak, would leave here strong in the name of Jesus. They would see their Heavenly Father looking at them eye to eye and feeling relieved that they're not alone in what they face. That they have more than enough because they're willing to follow you. Bless them in the name of Jesus. For those that don't know your will, Father God, show them today what you have given them, such as it is, and the opportunities to do those things today in the name of Jesus. For those that are feeling tired and wiped out, fill them with your Holy Spirit today. Give them hope afresh. Give them a rest, Father God, and let them be filled again with your power and your love. And may they muster up the strength just to say, yes, I will follow you. In Jesus name you'll meet them I know you're faithful and you'll meet them in Jesus name amen. amen amen if you would like prayer we are here to pray for you and we just bless you this week would you come thanks for listening to hear more messages like this one make sure to subscribe to our podcast And check out our C3 Calgary live stream on YouTube. If this message resonated with you and you'd like to give to our church, you can do so on our website at myc3church.ca. See you next week.